What if you could have anything you wanted? What if you could have your own personal genie and the genie would come to you and say, what do you want? Any, anything. I think a lot of times as we're growing up, we, we kind of have that childlike wonder about us. In fact, we're pretty big on superheroes in our culture, aren't we? I think every culture has their version of like, if I could do anything, if I could have anything. And I don't know who your superhero uh, is or was, but when I was growing up, and still, I, Superman's my guy. Love Superman, you know, go faster than a speeding bullet, fly. And, but there, there seems to come that time when, when we kind of start adulting, you know what I'm talking about? And we kind of lose that, that ability to wish and to wonder and to think, well, what if I could really have what I, what I really I wanted? Some, some kids were asked about what they wanted and uh, check out some of the things that they said. This one says uh, his to-do list. Get $100, find a servant, do nothing. Yeah, got to love it. Uh, how, how about this one right here? And I love beautiful picture this kid drew of Martin Luther King Jr., he says, I have a dream that one day there would not be killing and war. It's so awesome. And then he says, also, I, I dream that Justin Bieber will just go away. <laughs> I, I, would like to meet, I would like to meet that kid. How about this one right here? Christmas list, everything. Just This kid's just covering all the bases. All right, how about this one? What are the three things you want to do in the future? Get a girlfriend, kiss her, rule the world. Why? Because after you kiss her, you're going to feel like you could actually rule the world. And then, uh, this is my favorite. My one wish is for it to rain tacos every day, not just on Tuesday. Tacos every day. I love these kids. Here's a question I want to ask you. How, how might you and I think differently if God invited us to ask him for anything? Like, when, you know, just whatever you want. Did you know that that actually happened? It wasn't just a story that we made up. It actually happened in, in the Bible. There was somebody that God came to and said, you can have anything that you want, anything, no, no limitations. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. That's in the Old Testament. Last week, if you were with us, we talked about King David who began to speak into his son as he was dying, his dying breath, he's speaking to his son Solomon. Now, Solomon, King David was the great king of Israel, the greatest king of Israel. And so God says, your son Solomon is going to be the next king. And so he begins to pass on wisdom, this series about wisdom. And his dying words, he begins to talk to Solomon about some of the things that he feels are going to be the most important things to Solomon. And so now David has died, and Solomon is very young. He's about, thought to be maybe 22, 23 years old. And he is going to rule a nation. And so, this, this, is, this is where we pick it up. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he married his daughter. And, and he brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and uh, the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. Remember, one of the last things that David said, I see that, I want you to build a temple. I want you to build a temple for God. Um, the people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not yet been built in the name of the Lord. And so Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. And if you're kind of wondering, like, well, what was that little thing all about right there? So, um, of course, they had daily sacrifices and they were still living under the Old Testament sacrificial system. Uh, but if they didn't have a temple to go to, which had not been built, 
they would typically go to high places thinking that the higher you went, the closer you were to God, okay? And it wasn't exactly God's way, prescribed way to do it, but that's what, what they were doing. Then it says in verse 4, the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And he said, now here it is right here. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Anything. Whatever you want. This is the only time recorded in the Bible that anybody ever gets an offer like that. Think about it. He's 22, 23 years old. And he says, anything that you want. Solomon, you, you can have. What, what might you and I ask for? Like, well, I, I don't know. I, I had to think about this a lot to say, what would I ask for if I had a, you know, a blank check, any, anything that I want? I, I think, first of all, I might start asking God for the little things and for the big things in my life. I, 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 saw, I know that for a lot of people, they're okay about asking for maybe the, what they would consider the big things in their life. But when it comes to the little things, you're like, God's just too busy for that, you know? I mean, he, you know, he's taking care of world peace and, you know, disease and, and all the horrible things that are going on. And, and, and so, you know, when I ask for whatever it is, you go, that's just too small. See, here's what you need to understand. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Doesn't matter what it is. If it matters to you, why? Because remember, he's our father. He's our heavenly father. And as, as a dad, I can tell you, I love to give my children gifts. I, it, makes, it just gives me joy. I don't care what they ask for. I just I want to bless my kids. And that's the way that God looks at us. And then there are those big things. And sometimes it's just the opposite. You go, well, I'm going to ask for the little things, but I, I, I don't feel like I can ask for that. That's just too big. When I was um, new, newly married, I'd been maybe married about a year and a half, and um, it was uh, going to be my wife's 25th birthday, which, when I think about that, blows my mind because we just celebrated my youngest son's 25th birthday. <laughs> so my wife is going to be 25, and uh, I wanted to do something really special for her. So we were really, we were really young, and we were really broke. Uh, and I wanted to give her, so she'd been talking about, like, hey, we should get a dog, you know, young married couple, we should have a dog. So, all right. So um, I, we talked about what kind of dog she wanted, and so she wanted a, a yellow lab. And uh, so I'm thinking, well, okay, this is what I want to give her, but uh, we don't have any money. So I started praying about it, and I said, Lord, we need a yellow lab puppy. And she wanted a male dog, yellow lab puppy. And, I, and, and so for about the three weeks before her birthday, you know, I'm looking in the paper for free puppies, and I'm literally, literally I'm driving around to shopping centers you know, to see, have you ever been to a shopping center? Sometimes you see a box of free puppies. So I'm praying about this. I'm really praying about this a lot. And I don't know if they don't do that anymore, but back in the day they did. And so uh, I'm thinking, God, this is, I'm just going to drive up and there'll be a box of free puppies and that'll be it. So it comes all the way up to her birthday. And if you know my wife, she's like very outspoken about some things. And she's like, where's my gift? And I'm like, well, it's coming. And I still remember on this particular day, uh, it was, uh, I was actually sitting down at five o'clock in the afternoon watching the World Series and kind of uttering this prayer to my breath, like, my wife keeps, God, she's asking me for this gift, and I don't have it, and I told her I was going to deliver. And, and so I get a phone call, and I am, as I tell you this, I am not making any of this up, okay? Just know that I've been praying a lot. I had just read a book about faith, so I was, like, kind of exercising the faith muscle, if you will. And so I get this phone call, and somebody who goes to our church who knows nothing, I haven't told anybody about this, says, Steve, Pastor Steve, I, I was wondering, I know this is just out of the, it's kind of random, but... 
um, we have a dog that just had pups. And uh, I was wondering if you would want one of the litter. And I said, well, what kind of dog is it? He said, it was, it's, a, it's a lab. He said, really? I said, what, what, what color are the pups? And he goes, well, I've got some black ones. I've got some yellow ones. I said, do you have any yellow male ones? And he said, we have one. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> now, to, that, that, to anybody else, that probably like, really? Like, that, that's a little thing, right? But it mattered to me, and it really mattered to my wife. And God said, I got you covered. See, that's the kind of a God that we serve. You can ask him for the, for the big things, and you can ask him for the little thing. And he cares about it because he cares ab- about you. This is what it says in John chapter 16, 24. Now, before I read this, here's the context. Jesus has been talking to his disciples, and he's been saying, you guys, we're coming to the end of my ministry. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to come back again. But all they're hearing is you're leaving, and they're really, really bummed out, and their faith is really, really low. And so he says, until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. And then listen to what he says to his disciples. He says, ask and you will receive so that you enjoy. And this is the part that I love. He said, why? He says, I want you guys to be happy so that your joy may be complete. It's interesting that he even says that because they've been following him around for three years. They've seen miracle after miracle. They've seen people raised from the dead. They've seen Jesus feed huge crowds with just a few fish and loaves of bread. And suddenly... It just seems that their faith is just at this low place. And he's going, come on, guys, ramp it up. Start asking, because we're in a giving mood. And God always is. And then in Psalm 37, 4, it says this, delight yourself in the Lord. And this is really the key to it, really. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. God wants to bless us. He wants to give to us. But part of our problem is a lot of times we just not, are not very good about asking. So what am I currently asking God most for? Or are you asking it at all? So let me fast forward from marrying my wife and giving her the puppy on the 25th birthday. And a whole bunch of years go by. A whole bunch of years go by. And I have to say, uh, I felt like in a lot of those years, I was getting the beat down. I mean, I, I felt like the beginning of my life and the beginning of my marriage, everything was soaring. And then life just got complicated. It got difficult. And what happened is in what I would call sort of the beatdown of life, I just quit asking. I, my, you know, my dreams that I had just began to sort of die down. And, and I just started doing what a lot, we, you know, adulting, living. Like, well, this is just life. You know, I've got kids now. And you just do what you do. And you just, just, just kind of move on. And I guess this is just the way the life is. And until about 13 years ago. About 13 years ago, I went to a, uh, a life coaching conference in Sacramento. And uh, these were Christ-centered life coaches. And I didn't really know too much about life coaching. I was kind of interested. And so I, at the time, I took my associate pastor with me, and uh, we flew over there. And um, I was listening to the, the, some of the best speakers I've ever heard in my life, and very, very inspired, to say the least. And one of them got up there. He was this guy from Australia. And he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to begin to dream about what you like. And he began to sort of put it in different categories. Like, what would you like um, for, if you're married, for your children? What would you like in terms of traveling? Have you ever thought about places you want to go to? What would you like for uh, your family? And just on and on and all these different categories that he put it into. And then he said, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write write down a hundred things. I'm like, a hundred? Like, okay, okay. So I, I started writing. And I started writing all these things down. I was 13 years ago. And I got kind of excited. For, like, for the first time in my life, in a long time, I, I began to dream. 
And I begin to think, well, maybe, maybe some of this is actually possible. I, I don't know, but I, I think I'm just going to ask. And so I started just writing it down. And, and so I wrote it down in, in this little book right here. It's, uh, it says Ministry Coaching. And I put it down. And I didn't pick this, pick this book up for years and years and years. Really, I hadn't even looked at that list until this week. And I, and I started looking through this list, and I got to tell you, you talk about something that will bolster your faith. All kinds of things that I wrote down have happened. Like one, one of the things that I said, I want to give my daughter a dream wedding. And boy, did we give her the dream wedding. Like it, it was, and I didn't think we could ever, ever give a, a wedding like that. But, but we did. And I, and I said, I want to go to Australia. And last year I went to Australia. And, and I want to go to Italy. My wife a few years ago went to Italy. And, and, and uh, I, I said, uh, one day I want to skydive. You know, bucket list thing. A friend of mine drives by one day. goes, let's go skydiving. Oh, okay. I mean, one by one, as I begin to look in here, uh, I said, I want to pay for my kids' college education. And we're just about there. I mean, I just started going down the line. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is incredible. See, the stuff that I dreamed about, and I didn't just dream about it. I asked for it. I asked for it. Maybe that's something, as a follower of Jesus, that you've not considered. You say, well, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like you. I just do my life, you know, and if I need something, once in a while, I'll ask for it, but I don't want to ask too big. Why not? I mean, he's the God of the universe. There's nothing that, that he can't do. And you and I shouldn't be embarrassed to, to, to ask him. So, that's the first thing I would do. Just, okay, God, uh, if I can ask, I'm going to ask big. I'm going to ask for the big things. I'm going I'm to ask for the small things as well. And then if I could ask, I might see my life through the lens of God's purposes for me. So, I, check it out, verse 6. I want you to see what happens next in this story. So, Solomon answered, after, so, you know, God says, whatever you want. Verse 6. He says, You've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and he was righteous and upright in heart. And you've continued his great kindness to him, and you gave him a son to sit on his throne this very day. So, he basically, he's saying, look at, I, I see how my story is connected to my dad. I mean, I am the son of a king. And, and, and so he sees his life through the lens of, of God's purpose for his life. Now, how does this play into the big ask for you and I, the little things and, and the big thing? Well, first of all, you all come from somewhere. You all come from something, some kind of a family system, right? Whether it really was mom and dad or your grandparents or, or somebody else that brought you up, but, but you all come from something. And sometimes it really is powerful to look back and say, so what does that mean about who I am today? And what does that mean about, because who I am, what I would ask for? So Solomon says, well, since I am the son of a king and I've got to rule this nation, um, my desire is to rule it well because I feel like I, I need to stand on the shoulders of my dad, King David. Now, having said that, and I'm thinking through all the people that are a part of this community here, and I'm thinking some of you come from something that's really good and you go, I'm going to build on that. You know, my, my parents invested in me. They sent me to college. My parents were good. They, they, weren't, they weren't perfect. No parents are. But, you know, they were, they were pretty good. And, and so I'm going I'm to build on that for my life. And, I, and that's the way I see my life. But there are undoubtedly others of you that are here today and you're saying, my life is nothing like that. My parents abandoned me. My, my parents were not good people. My parents were addicted. My parents were abusive. Whatever it is. 
And you're saying, how do you build on that? You don't. You change the future. That's what you get to do. You get to say, because my parents were addicts doesn't mean I have to be an addict. Because my parents were not honest people and maybe, you know, even diabolical people, I'll never be that way. You get to change the future. So, so often I talk to people and, and, the, and the excuse is, well, the reason I'm this way, I you know, grew up in this kind of family, I go, well, you don't have to be like that. You get to change the future. That's what we do. We look at our life and we say, oh, God, how can I build on what the good stuff is in my life? And how can I change the future about the stuff that I, I, don't, I don't want any part of that? That's, that's what we get to do. And then we get to embrace humility. So this makes sense if I read the verse. Now, Lord, my God, you, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But look what he says here. He says, but I'm only a little child, and I don't know how to carry out my duties. Now, bear in mind, he's 22, 23 years old. He's got the world by the tail. He's got fame, money. He's got anything that anybody could ever have at that age. Just say you're 22. What are you, you going to ask for? I don't know. But you know what he says? He goes, if I'm going to rule a nation, if I'm going to stand on the shoulders of my father, God, I, I'm like a kid. I, I know nothing. And I need so much from you. You've got to love that humility. See, that, that's true wisdom right there. I don't know how many of you have read the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. And one of the primary attributes of great leaders. And, and in fact, the people that were writing the book, Jim was writing this and they were trying to bring all the research together. One of the primary attributes, and it really just kind of puzzled them because, you know, a lot of leaders didn't see it this way, was humility. Humility. They, it kept coming, all the CEOs, all the important people are like, humility? Why humility? Because people that are humble say, I don't have it all together. People that are humble say, man, I'm a learner. Teach me. I'm open. And that is true wisdom. And that's what we, we see. Maybe if we would look at our life through the lens of what happened to Solomon and, and being learners and being humble. See what happens next. Verse 8. Your servant is here among the people that you've chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. I'll read verse 9 too. It says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people? This is so important. So, you know, sometimes when we start talking about the ask big, and, we're, and I say go for it, and, and, and ask boldly, yes, do. Jesus encourages that. But a lot of times we make it about the me instead of the we. And so, and it's, I'm not saying you shouldn't ask some things for ourselves, but we tend to think from sort of a Western mindset, and we're all about the individual in our culture, aren't we? We celebrate the individual. We celebrate the athlete. We celebrate the celebrity, the actor, the, the singer, whoever it is, and we're like, hey! But God is going, you know, God's always been more about community. He wants us to be the kind of people who go, hey, if I'm going to ask, let's make it about the we. Let's, let, let's, let's pray for our family. Let's get our family involved. So we're all, everybody's blessed. Let's, let's bless the tribe. Let's bless everybody. And see, that's where the, the, the mindset that Solomon has is, I want more riches. I want, you know, whatever everybody else wants. No, he says, I care about these people I'm going to govern. Like, this is difficult. 
And I want to bring justice. I want to be a great leader. And you just have to know that God loves that kind of an ask when we make it about the we instead of the me. And then finally, we might discover that God's wisdom is the most valuable gift we have in our life. There's only one gift greater than wisdom, and that's the gift he's already given to us, salvation. But wisdom, I mean, the Bible, just chapter after chapter of Proverbs talks about wisdom, get it, have it. And so, again, he says, so give your servant a discerning heart. I love that this 20-something young kid is saying, God, I need everything you can give me. I need wisdom. So let's read how this plays out. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so, so God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth or for yourself, for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in, just, in administering justice, verse 12, I will do what you've asked. I'll give you wise and discerning hearts so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and you keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Solomon wakes up. He realizes it's been a dream. So he returns to Jerusalem. He stood before the Ark of the Covenant and he sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And I love the last part. And then he gave a feast for his court. He gave a party of all parties. I would too, wouldn't you? If you asked God and you said, well, here's what I'd like, just like Solomon. Like, make me wise. And God says, you got it. You're going to be so wise it'll blow people's minds. You're going to have wisdom like nobody else has wisdom. I would throw a party for that. And so he does. And if you read the very, very next verses and chapters, you'll see immediately his wisdom begins to play out in his life. But, but here's the thing. When you and I, when we value what God values, he begins to expand what's possible in terms of the ask, especially as it relates to, to wisdom. See, the same wisdom that he gave to Solomon is available to you and to you and to you, to all of us. It's right there. His brother, you know, James, the half-brother of Jesus, the apostle said this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let me just stop right there. If any of you lacks wisdom, like, you know how many times, even sometimes in a day, I'm calling out, I'm saying, God, I don't, I, I don't, I'm going to walk into a meeting right now. I'm not quite sure to handle the situation. It's sort of complex. Can you feel me? Can, you know, you're walking in and you're, you come home and your kid has just been out of control and your spouse says, do something with this kid. Do you need a little bit of wisdom? All right. Yeah, you just got, you come home and, and, and your spouse says, uh, I hate to tell you this, but our finances are all upside down. I, you know, I made some, and you need some wisdom. How are you going to handle that? You come to work and your boss says, I need to have a talk with you right now. It's not going to be good. You need wisdom over and over and over. If any of you lacks wisdom, he says, you, you can ask. You know, last week, if you were here, we had, uh, in fact, almost a lot of you wrote down on a card what you wanted in the way of wisdom. It was really, really powerful. And I took those cards and I divided among our, our, our um, staff this week in a staff meeting. And then we took them home and we prayed over them. Like, wow, wow. It was awesome, but it also just cut right to my heart. Some of the things that people were asking and, a lot of you said, just time management. 
having a hard time, super busy. A lot of you talked about your children. Some of you talked about the fact that you were, there was this deep bitterness and unforgiveness issue that you were dealing with in your life. Some of you talked about your marriages. Um, but but I saw all of it was saying, I need help, I need wisdom. I, how do I handle this situation? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And what does it say? And God will think about it. Maybe if I like you, maybe if you're good this week. That's what it says. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. God says, look, all you have to do is just ask for it. Just, we need wisdom. So often. We don't have Dr. Phil to walk around with us all the time. Give us advice. We don't have Dave Ramsey to tell us about how to make financial choices all the time. But you know who's on call 24-7? God. You need wisdom. You can, you can say, God, I, I need wisdom right now. So where do I most need wisdom in my life right now? We kind of ended this way last week, and I ended it this way as well. Where do I need wisdom in, in my life right now? And what, do, what are you going to, have you been dreaming? As I've been speaking today, have you maybe been able to open up that heart a little bit of yours and your imagination a little bit and say, you know, I, I stopped dreaming a long time ago. Maybe I need to start asking again. Maybe I need to, to get a list like Pastor Steve was talking about and just write a few things down and say, yeah, I, I, there's some things I'd like to do for my family. There's some things I'd, I'd like to travel a, a little bit. I'd, I'd like, there's some experiences that I've been wanting to have, but I just kind of shut it down. Maybe you begin to open up today to the God who loves you, to the God who, who wants to bless you. One of the ways, or one of the things that you can do is you begin, you begin to pray daily. Like, how about for the next 30 days, you begin to read the Proverbs, full of all the tremendous wisdom that God wants us to have. That's one thing that would really, I think, could, could encourage you. Right here, we have uh, something, I'll just leave this on the screen if you want to snap it afterwards. Um, there's actually a, um, a program that we have for you in the way of pursuing wisdom, and it's 30 days of really, really good teaching and things. So if you want to do that, you can, you can do that afterwards. But right now, I, I want us to close in prayer. And uh, I want you to open up your heart. I'm going I'm to pray for you. I'm going to pray for all of you. And I'm going to pray that God will expand your heart and your imagination, your imagination and your faith and the capacity to ask maybe for things that you haven't asked for in a long time. Let's pray. Father, sometimes, sometimes life is just difficult and we actually do get the beat down from life. And it just seems to bring us to this place where we just kind of give up and we quit dreaming and we quit asking. And I, I suspect, Lord, that maybe there are some this morning that are feeling that way. Lord, I just pray right now for those who just are in that place, for those that, that find themselves at a place where they just, maybe it's been years and they just quit asking and, and their, their, their faith is at a low place. And I, I, Lord, I just pray for faith in this room right now, for people to know that you're a good God a wonderful Father, that you love them, that all we need to do is ask, ask for wisdom, and even beyond. And you're there to hear us and help us. I pray that if there's somebody here this morning who doesn't know you, you'd open up their heart right now to come into a relationship with you and to know that not only will you bring them salvation, but you will bring them access to the kind of wisdom they've never had before in their life. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus.